You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeningandkingston.com. Screening in Kingston, big episode because we're talking Oscars. Now, everyone, Taylor, was expecting this particular episode to hear from our book and movie club. That was kind of the schedule, but I've changed the schedule. So it's now Oscars first and then movie club second because I wanted to be topical. Thank God for you, Mike, because here we are. I had no idea. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I did not put two and two together and I'm you're saying, Oh, we're going to be, we've rearranged the schedule. And I'm like, what's he talking about? Yep. Okay. There you, I, I, I'm just, I'm receiving this news as if I'm listening to the show for the first time. Okay, cool. Excellent. Well, I thought I would reiterate that right off the bat, <laughs> just in case you or any other listeners was, were confused. Because that, like, so. as someone who doesn't listen to the show, I would have had no idea that you, switch those two episodes because the yeah, way we're just, recording this that's week, true no that's i true. would have been ignorance would have been bliss <laughs> yeah I... that's very true, that's very true. <laughs> well i wanted to be <laughs> i wanted to be topical for the listeners not for me <laughs> yeah and i wanted to be topical and talk about the oscar nominations because they just came out like a week ago they came out the day last week's episode aired so i thought hey let's let's review go back look at the oscars um and then you've also got a review today like you're yes. still reviewing a movie, you're reviewing Priscilla, and we'll talk about the much discussed performance of of Elvis. Um, <laughs> of uh, and this this guy Jacob Jacob Alori. Yep, Jacob. Yeah. however you say it, Jacob because he was Allori. in Saltburn, right? Yes, and who claimed that the only thing he knew about Elvis was from Lilo <clears> and Stitch, and. and Spoiler, was, you could tell. He was also <laughs> that was his frame of reference. He, he's also one of the Sorry. stars of Euphoria. Uh, yeah, I didn't know he, that. Yes, he's in Euphoria. I didn't know that actually until I saw him for the because we've talked about this guy a lot. And yeah, I haven't seen Saltburn yet. Or Priscilla. And I'm like, who is this person? He came out of nowhere. And then I watched him on Saturday Night Live this past weekend yes. and went, Oh, that's that who you are. guy. Yeah. That you guy from euphoria. Up? Yeah. Yeah. I've watched the two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. That's at first I was very, um, no, at first. Okay. The first episode or two, I, I was sitting there going, I don't, I don't think this is for me. <laughs> like I just, I'm like, I don't, I'm not really into this, but then I just, I, it's one of those things that I just kept watching. And then still after two seasons, I'm not convinced it's for me, but I've watched it. Apparently it's well um, acted. It is. The, the performances, the name, you you can't fault. What's her name? The, Zendaya. The, the, yeah, she's she's in it. She's the lead, is she not? Yep. You can't. Yes, she's very good. You can't fault any of the performances. Like the cast, top to bottom, everyone's great. But is it? it here's an know. ignorant question for you, Mike, because you've been watching it. Is it OC for today's kids? Well, it's less cheesy. It's more, it's, it's more dramatic and it leans into the drama and the drama isn't too cheesy and melodramatic. Like the OC was kind of, at least for me, it was like a soap opera. 
right? Like a, a little bit more of an acceptable soap opera. This Euphoria, I would describe as an H, like very much an HBO drama, but for teens. Like, is it actually, are teens watching this? I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't have, I have, I don't no have teens in my life. I don't know. Write it. No Listeners, idea. write it. Do you have teens, teens in your life watching you for it? Because it's quite explicit, is it not? It is. And I would describe it I as it's not, see. like, it's not Riverdale. It's not right. melodrama. It's not, like, Twilight teeny thing. It's very gritty. Yes. Yeah. They're doing drugs. They're having sex. Going to parks. <laughs> for various reasons i was trying to say amusement parks because there's like this big thing big things happen in an amusement park but yeah but yeah there's you know there's violence there's a lot kind of right. in gangs here. maybe i don't no, know not I've really only, i've only not ever really. seen like stills of it yeah um, the guy like the, there's kind of a little bit of a gangy sort of thing within this one guy who's who's a drug dealer but but i wouldn't even describe him as a gang, he just reports to people who are scary. Right. And and he starts out as kind of like a meh character, but you, you end up kind of sympathizing with him a bit. Like Is that he's Jacob's not... character, Jacob L. No, okay. no. He plays he plays the boyfriend of the popular girl. And he's like the popular guy. Right. And his Jockey. dad Yeah, and his dad has like really dark secrets and it's a whole big thing. Mm-hmm. And he's he, like it's a very he's got a very abusive relationship with his parents. He's very abusive in his relationship. He's very dark. Um, he's very is he like, good. Is he good? At, oh, is, he's very good. At, no. Oh, that's not a problem. There's no issue in that show with the acting. And he's you just great. don't know if it's for you. <laughs> I just don't know what's for me. Yeah, I, I cannot enough. fault the acting whatsoever. Everyone's really good. Um, Sydney Sweeney is in it. Um, yeah, she's had a breakout year, too. She's just yeah. She's in a rom-com. And she's like, she's very good in it. Like, everyone's really, really good in it. Um, it's just, is it for me? Is it the typical me show? I would say no. You know what what I would compare it to? Um, again, a show that I feel like I've never really given a huge uh, shot to is True Blood. Okay, yeah. But True what Blood I've seen is of True Blood and what I've seen of that is, yes, I would say it's a less melodramatic version of that, but still leans into the grit. And less right? vampires. Like it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So less the very no vampires. Yeah, <laughs> not <laughs> to a be single, clear, <laughs> not a single vampire. Someone um, tunes in hoping to see a vampire yeah. or two. Nope, just teams. So, or so that's my review. That's my review of Euphoria. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that's how I figured out who he was. I saw him on Saturday Night Live. He was really awkward um, and stiff on Saturday Night Live. But what I will give him credit is he made fun of himself. Um, and a guest star on that because she was the musical guest was Renee Rapp from yes. from Mean Girls, who also made fun of herself. And I always okay. can appreciate when someone makes fun of themselves. Yes, yeah, self-deprecating. Yes, she made fun of her her terrible time with the media and her terrible press tour. They did a big thing where she had to do community hours because of how bad it was. And <laughs> she, they, she played herself. And it was like that to me. I always Huge. I'm like, OK. You've earned some respect for me. If you can make fun of yourself, you don't take yourself too seriously. Like he doesn't. He like the whole thing was him making fun of himself, um, even though he's not. I don't think he's a sketch comedy person. So he was a little awkward, but every skit he was in was making fun of himself. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get into his performance for with Elvis. He was quite good in Saltburn. So I am going to reserve judgment, but... Yeah, I have a lot of feelings about Priscilla, but I'll keep it short because, yeah. as you mentioned at the top of the uh, episode, it's uh, Oscar preview, which we do every year. But every, yeah, every year we like to go through the nominations, um, talk about them. Really, this is 
where you know I you and I usually have seen 30% of the movies, maybe a little bit more by this point, but this kind of kicks it off to like, okay, let's check these movies off the box. Let's review them over the next two months, get to the Oscars. I I will say, Mike, when I looked at the um best picture category, between the two of us, we've done quite well for the best picture category. I think this this is a year where it's not a deep pool of great movies, but it's just a shorter pool of excellent movies. So some years you have 10 to 15 movies that have multiple nominations and it's great. Like I think there's really eight or nine movies that really you should see this year. So the list is a little bit smaller. We've done a really good job of seeing them, like you said, but I think it is a quality over quantity this year, um, which we'll talk about. We'll talk about the snubs. We'll talk about who was nominated. We'll talk about all the fun stats. I've, I have a book of stats here. I love this time of year. And it kicks off our Oscar pool promotion because we like to do this Oscars pool every year. And guess what? By the time this episode airs, the website will be fixed and updated. Yahoo! I am spending time on it this weekend. It will be done. So by the time everyone's listening now... I'll have the preview stuff up for the Oscars pool, but we're not going to open it for a little bit. We'll open it a little bit closer. We had a bunch of people last year when I did it early, put in something and then like later wanted to I changed change my it. Mind. Yeah. So I'm trying to avoid I've seen that. more movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to avoid it and I'm going to release it a little later. Um, but before we get into that, I wanted to give a shout out to a, a friend of the show who's come on several times, Matt Salton. Um, He, of course, runs and manages the Real Out Queer Film Festival in Kingston. It's about to celebrate its 25th anniversary this year. So it's running from February 1st to the 10th. Just wanted to give a quick shout out. At the end of this episode, I'll have some more details. And then next episode, I'll make sure to do the same thing. We'll give you more details. But for now, make sure to visit Real Out's website if you want kind of more information about what shows are coming up, what the schedule is. Everything's up there now. Like if you go to realout.com, the full schedule's up. Lots of great films are coming. A lot of it's at the screening room. So yeah. that's really where we're saying to go anyway. <laughs> go to the screening room. Uh, go that's see kind lots of our of... default. <laughs> exactly. And, and then what's cool about these film festivals when they go to the screening room, independent up and coming filmmakers, which is yeah. really cool. And we don't always get to spotlight that on this show because we, we go with what you, the fans want. And everyone wants to talk about mainstream movies and want to talk about things like that. But Reload's a great opportunity to see some independent film to support it. It's very affordable to go to the festival. So check it out. 25th anniversary, February 1st to the 10th, Reload.com for more. And I'll give a plug at the end of this episode. We got to look up what the 25th anniversary present is, like for weddings. And oh, gift it to Matt. Yeah. I wanna, <laughs> the... Every year is a thing, right? Yeah. It's the napkin anniversary. I think by 25, it's better than napkins. But um, it'll be a big one at 25. Um, there's an anniversary there. that's napkins? Well, you know, there's like, um, <laughs> they have two lists. They have a traditional list and a modern uh-huh. list. Okay. And I think second wedding anniversary is cotton or linen. So that, you know, okay, what, what can I get that's linen? Nice napkins. Dan bought me a dress. So uh, we did not, it was not a napkin anniversary. But... Uh, it's <laughs> you could get someone napkins for their anniversary if you want to be on theme because normally it's like a like a material or like oh like I a see a material, material you that you can then like, do something with like okay. oh okay. like this this year is wood 
next year is um, steel. You know what I mean? Like, so cotton. Okay, I'll get cotton napkins. But no, 25 is a big one. So Matt will not be getting napkins. No, he'll, he'll, it'll be something. No, <laughs> well, it'll, it won't be napkins. But yes, I think that's a great idea, Taylor. We'll, we'll do a little gift to, to reel out for uh, 25th anniversary on behalf of Screening in Kingston. Yeah. Um, so little shout out to them. We'll definitely make sure to shut them out, uh, next couple episodes. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's dive into those Oscars. Let's talk about it. There's so much to talk about. I, I'm, I, everyone knows how excited I get, you know, you know, I love yes. this. This type is your of favorite stuff. time of year. This Absolutely. and playoffs for. Sports. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> it's, because to me, this is the playoffs for movies. You know, yes. I, I know not everything gets nominated and this the Oscars the Stanley Cup. But this is it. Yeah, this is this is what you strive for if you're making movies, frankly. Um and I think that it's getting a lot better and th- this year, the past couple of years, I can't sit here and be like, yeah, you got to you got to take these movies out and replace them with with these things. Like I think the quote-unquote Oscar bait movies this year have so far been very good. So I can understand them. And the fact that Oppenheimer and Barbie are getting so much buzz and those are summer blockbusters that never like they're always forgotten by the time the the oscars roll around i think it's a good sign that the oscars are paying attention to okay quality filmmaking can transcend genre but mike as yeah. we get into the snubs barbie's missing from some category that is true that is true i mean we'll talk about it and we'll talk about maybe we'll define what a snub means but uh, <laughs> but let's get into it. Let's dive right into it. So I want to start with the overall nominations per movie. We'll go down that list and talk about that. And then we'll go through the main categories, okay. um, if that works, Taylor. Um, I mean, I say this now, but y- you and I will just go where we go. Um, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the, the by film. So Oppenheimer leads the way this year with 13 nominations, Ooh. one shy of the record. So they had 13 nominations. Who holds the record? The record. I, okay, don't quote me on this, but I, I thought it was a Lord of the Rings movie. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, may, well, you know what? I'll look it up. How about that? I'll look it up and we'll we'll find out. Um, but I think, I'm pretty sure they were saying it's, you know, it was 14 nominations. Um, so we'll have to look it up. And Titanic. It. It's Titanic? Okay. Well, that- Nominated in 14 of the 17 possible categories. And then Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, 11 of the 17. So that's why you thought. That's why I thought. Because it was yeah. up there. Um, yeah. Speaking of 11, the next highest is Poor Things, who had 11 yeah. nominations. Killers of the Flower Moon had 10. Barbie had 8. Maestro had 7. And then you get into, you know, a bunch of movies having kind of the same. So American yeah, Fiction... Anatomy of a Fall, The Holdovers, The Zone of Interest all had five nominations. The Zone of Interest is an international film. I cannot wait to see that. I I have heard so much about it, and I hear it's just an emotional punch. Yeah, (laughs) I cannot wait. I I mean, I I can wait for the emotional punch, but I can't wait to see. I've heard lots of great things about it. Uh, Napoleon has three nominations. The Creator... Mission Impossible, Nyad, Past Lives, and Society of the Snow all have two nominations. So that's kind of the top runners of what what everyone has and and what kind of the multi-nomination films are. So I think the key here is Oppenheimer with 13, Poor Things with 11, Killers of the Flower Moon with 10, Barbie with 8, Maestro with 7. Those are the 
top five by a little bit. Those seem to be the the movies that have the most nominations here. Um, there's lots to talk about, about snubs in, in specific categories, but Taylor, any reactions just for you from that, for the amount for some of these movies? Personally, I'm like, yep, that checks out. That, like, to me, that... Yeah, these were the the most talked about movies of the year. I haven't seen all of them, but from what I've heard review-wise, it's deserving. So until we get into like the nitty-gritty trenches of what yeah. people yeah. are like upset about, I'm like, yep, that that seems about right. Those are the front runners. There are no surprises there for me. Um so yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, those are my feelings and initially. But the, yeah, the thing that stands out for me is and we'll talk about it. Because I really want to talk about the Barbie stuff. Yeah. The, the, that's the, the elephant in the room, right? <laughs> because, well, well, when I, when I, I, I heard about Barbie snubs. That's all I heard about first. And then I checked out the nominations and, oh man, what happened? And then I saw Barbie was nominated for eight categories. And I thought, well, it's I thought to myself, there. that's not snubbing. But then obviously it's specific. Like, you know, you read a headline, yeah. it catches you with something. It's not 100% accurate. But still... I have some thoughts on the various categories and thoughts there, but I mean, Barbie getting eight, that's nothing. I mean, it's the fourth most of any movie this year. It's nothing to be ashamed of. What strikes me from this list is a couple things. One, the creator got nominated for two Oscars, which was nice to see. This was a movie did you that review I did. This? Yeah. And this was a movie that like was okay. I really liked elements of it, but I thought the execution was just kind of meh, but I, I like that people will now go and seek this movie out because I don't think it did really well. And it was one of those mid-level movies. Had like a high but not huge. And it was kind of nice to see a movie do a lot of visual effects stuff and have a lot of like production design without spending the billions of dollars. uh, Or millions of dollars, I should say. Um, So that was nice. I I like that they got two nominations. Napoleon only getting three nominations and really it being in very specific categories that we'll talk about. Taylor, we're going to review this soon because you're finally going to see it. Yeah. but I, I have thoughts on what it was nominated for, and I am going to express those today. So it might it's not going to spoil anything about the plot, but it might give away some of my thoughts of the movie. Um, I guess that was the only... Why I'm not shocked is because prior to us starting the recording, we talked a little bit about how we're going to do our Napoleon episode in probably, what, two weeks now or three weeks yeah, once uh, weeks, yeah. everything shakes out. And I like briefly just Googled Napoleon while we were talking to see what platforms I can rent it on. And it has a very low Rotten Tomato score and audience. Uh, I don't know what you would call that, like audience average. And that was a little shocking to me. There's a <laughs> lot. Was... Taylor, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I thought <laughs> living in La La Land, I'm like, I thought it was performing fairly well, but it's like 50. I guess that just shows like it's very uh, divisive, divisive. It that is. It half is because the audience like it and half. Yeah. Because it, it did do well box office wise. Like it was a popular movie. People did go see it. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know it was doing fine for a bit. Um, so, yes, it was Joaquin definitely. was nominated for Best Actor, though, right? No, he was not. All oh. three of the nominations for, for Napoleon came technical? in technical category. That, see, so. that doesn't surprise me. Anytime there's like a lush, beautiful period piece, they're going to be nominated for production. Okay, I really want to say something, it didn't but I don't nice. want to influence you. I think this was one of the ugliest movies I've ever seen. Who did in terms my, of R- who, Ridley Scott directed it? Who directed yeah, Ridley it? Scott directed it. Yeah, which yeah. he's not. He normally makes very beautiful movies. Like look at Gladiator. I would say, yeah, like in ter- yeah, Gladiator, The Martian. He has some. He has some like 
for me, Ridley Scott's one of those directors that has a lot of highs and lows. But but in terms of look and quality of movie, it's always top notch. Um, so this when movie, I say production but, for yeah. um, period, typically I think it's costuming. Right. Like right. I, so like I assume costuming was one of them that it was nominated for. I know. So it was nominated for production design for sure. It was nominated yep, for visual effects. Oh, okay. Um, which is kind of their new category. Yeah, like it's in there with a lot of movies that like are highly visual effects. I think Napoleon's one of those films is like, well, you didn't, you I what you did with visuals, like the war stuff. Yeah, <laughs> was like really well done. I don't, I don't have the third category uh, in front. I of just me, assume but... normally I assume costuming, makeup, and then yeah, like production designy type stuff. Yeah, it might be. It definitely was production design was definitely one of them. I know visual effects was the other. And then the third, yeah, we'll we'll check as we go through it. But it was probably, I bet you it was like either costume or I don't know. Did they put, I think they still separate hair and makeup and costume. They Because they combined the original, they combined sound to one category now, which I think you liked. Yeah, I'm not unhappy um, about because I think. You weren't unhappy about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um <laughs> Yeah, it they wasn't. To, yeah, anyways, it wasn't makeup. I just looked it up. It's not makeup. So maybe costuming. So, was, so maybe costuming, like that. Maybe that was it. Costume design. Um. Yep. Yep. Napoleon for costume. Yeah. Design. Not a. So, I'm not surprised yeah. whatsoever. Which. I, yeah, and that makes sense. Like the costuming looked very accurate to to the time. Definitely. I'm surprised because whether or not people liked the movie, I thought people were praising Joaquin Phoenix's performance. Am we'll I talk wrong? about it. I'm okay. not going to tell. I'm not going to say anything else. We're going to talk about it next week because I want your, especially about walking. Because I know he Phoenix. played it I like. Your, I know we'll get into this, but I read yeah. that he played it like a comedy, and I don't think people were expecting that. We're going to talk about that, and I also want to tell you something I overheard from a guy. I think trying to left. impress the girl she right. was with when they left. And I'm like, you, I, I remember was you mentioned this. Yeah, yeah, it's the whole conversation. Yeah, we'll talk about that too. Um, but for now, let's talk about what we we'll can put a talk pin in about. That. <laughs> put a pin in it. Um, so I'm just going to go in order from what I have here. So it's in no particular order, but uh, we'll just do the main categories. Maybe touch upon a few things like we always do. So first up, we're going to talk about actor in a leading role. So we're going to do that first. You see, uh, of course, there's five nominations per category. So here we go. We've got Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. Yeah, I've heard a lot about this. Lots of yeah, lots of good buzz there. Cillian Murphy for Oppenheimer. No surprise. No, uh, no surprise. Paul Giamatti for the Holdovers. Well deserved. Also no surprise. Uh, Coleman Domingo for Rustin. No, I no. Don't big know much about mark. Rustin. Big, yep, big question, question mark. <laughs> uh, I have something to say about Coleman Domingo in a second. And Bradley Cooper for Maestro. Good for him. So there, there's your five. Yeah, he'll be happy he about that. He will not win. He will not win. But good <laughs> no, for him. I do not think so. I think this. I think it's clear that Cillian Murphy, Paul Giamatti, they're front runners. I know there's a lot of buzz about Jeffrey Wright, and American Fiction did get a good amount of Oscar nominations. So Jeffrey Wright thought that was a 2024 20, movie for some reason. No, no, it came out now. I think we're getting it in 2024, but it came right. out right okay. last year. Yeah. Um, Coleman Domingo. One thing I wanted to say about him, he's probably replacing or rumored to replace the big villain uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because the big guy who plays the big villain is in a lot of uh, a lot of legal trouble. Thanos? And was recently let go. No, not Thanos. Thanos is long gone. Um, okay. this, is, uh, <laughs> this is Kang, the Conqueror, um, who was played by... I, the guy's name escapes me, but he, um, he, he was definitely convicted uh, mm. of, of uh, assault issues. 
Um, and he's been charged actually by multiple women. Um, oh. So he's, yeah, and Marvel has dropped him. Yeah, Marvel and Disney, rightly so, has dropped him. Um, and the, Coleman Domingo has been the front runner, apparently, to replace him. Um, now, apparently, this is, you'll appreciate this, Taylor. He took to his own social media to talk about Marvel like a couple months ago where he was like, oh, I just really want to be in like a Marvel movie. I love superhero movies, I but I really want to be a villain. Like I don't want to be a hero. I kind of want to be a villain. And I think that that now him being nominated for an Oscar, I think that kind of would, will push Marvel and Disney to to do that. But it's funny right. that he he took to his own social media to kind of say, hey, I want to be a big villain. I'm sure he wasn't talking about that specific part because this was before anything was decided. But uh, yeah, he's he was really campaigning for himself. Jonathan Majors is the yes, person who's been name. dropped. Bad. Do not bad person. Do not recognize him. <laughs> he was in Creed three. He's done a couple things. Um, he listen. He, he was a fine he's, actor, but he's a baddie, so we won't waste any more time on him. No, moving on. So there you go. That's your actors in the leading role. Um, let's move forward here. Actor in supporting role, one of your least favorite categories. Um, yep. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll go through it here. Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. Apparently a phenomenal performance from what I hear. That's what I heard. Ryan Gosling in Barbie. I'm glad. I think that's great. Good Robert Downey Jr. in Oppenheimer. That's yeah. no surprise. And he won the Golden Globe, correct? He did. He did yeah. win the Golden Globe. Uh, Robert De Niro in Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, that makes sense. And Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction, much known for his TV roles, Ster- Sterling K. Brown gets nominated for American fiction. Hmm. So I, I think that's, to me, that's the biggest surprise that Sterling K. Brown's in here. And again, I've heard a lot of great things about American fiction, um, but another stacked category. I mean, they're all certainly well-deserving. I can, I haven't seen poor things, but Oppenheimer, Killers, Flower Moon, Barbie, I've seen all those. Certainly it's good. Um, so far it's going movies. like most years where I'm like, yep, that checks out. There's always one or two movies where I'm like, haven't heard of it. Yep. Or haven't, you know what I mean? That, oh, that's a little bit of a interesting, because with American fiction, it didn't make much of a splash at the Golden Globes, as far as uh, I Uh, no, it was nominated for a few things, but I don't okay. think it made, it's, I don't think it perform won. as well as. No, no. And like, this is a movie that I think the writer, director has sort of based it a lot on his journey being, right. being a, a, a black writer, black director, and what. I guess that it's like kind of a dark comedy where it's it's Jeffrey Wright plays kind of a version of him trying to make it in Hollywood, but always being asked to write about certain subject matter and being kind of told what subject matter to write about where he's like, but I have stories of my own. Guys. Like, how do I do like, you know, so apparently there's like, a, it's dramatic, but there's like a dark comedy element. Right. To it. I heard, I've heard it's really good. Um, so I'm really excited to, to see that. Okay. Actress in a leading role, Annette Benning for Nyad. Haven't seen Nyad yet. It's on Netflix, I'm pretty really sure. Yeah, on the list. Lily Gladstone for Killer of the Flower Moon. Absolutely. I would say she's my front runner right now. Um, Sandra Huller for Anatomy of a Fall. Also apparently a very good movie. Um, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro. She's very good in that. Well-deserved. And Emma Stone for Poor Things. Won the Golden Globe. I think Emma Stone, Lily Gladstone, I think they're both kind of the front, runners, front runners in my mind. Um, yeah, apparently Emma Stone's performance in Poor Things is absolutely excellent. So, yeah, I could see it going uh, going either way. Yeah. Uh, actress in the supporting... My one, my quick 
that yeah. Nyad movie really slipped in, eh? <laughs> yeah, and and it's I'm a, when I do supporting role for actress, there's a Jodie Nyad. Um, yeah, and and again, it's just one of those movies that I saw was on. I, I guess you're saying Netflix. I knew I saw it somewhere. It's on and Netflix I thought, or oh, Amazon. Yeah, I gotta like watch it's, it. Yeah, it's out there. It right now. And I I know I added it to my watch list or whatever, but just never really watched it. So there you go. I'll put it now. Mike, I was, it was one of the movies I considered reviewing this week and then mm. thought, no, I think I haven't heard any buzz around it. I'll watch Priscilla. And Priscilla wasn't nominated for anything. <laughs> and uh, Nyad has all of these nominations. So I should have gone with Nyad. But the, the, why we'll get into it when I review it, but the Kaylee Spaney, who played Priscilla, was nominated for a Golden Globe. That's as, correct. So yeah. I thought, okay, she'll probably be nominated for an Oscar. Nope. <laughs> well, it's interesting because, yeah, with the Golden Globe separating drama and comedy, you get a lot more nominees. True. And variety, and they, they, I guess you could say. Yeah. And they can nominate up to six, I think. So even even in the like leading role category, Lily Gladstone won the drama. Emma Stone won the comedy. Now they're competing in the same category. Like, it's just one of those things where, you know, only one person's going to win. Only five people are nominated. So... I'm sure and she got some votes, but just didn't make it. We should say that the Golden Globes aren't always a predictor. Like, no, you know how no. we like to say, like, oh, who won the Golden Globe? You never really know how the Oscars are going to shake out. No, no. And I think the Screen Actors Guild and the Critics' Choice Award, like, they also are worth looking at. Like, nothing's 100% a predictor, but I think you have to look at them all together. Yeah. Um, before you can kind of make, make a call there. Um, actress in a supporting role. Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Not really surprised about that one. Daniela Brooks for The Color Purple. Nice to see The Color Purple finally get kind of something in there. People were a little surprised they didn't get more. Yeah. Um, Divine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers. I think she's definitely in a won position to win this. Yeah, yep. won the Golden Globe. Got it getting a lot of support. Very good. Yeah, you liked, you liked her. Jodie Foster, as we mentioned, for Nyad. And the surprise of this category, America Ferreira for Barbie. I'm not surprised because I saw when the movie came out, everyone was like, give this girl an Oscar. So in terms of, quote unquote, the public, I think, yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised. Do I think she deserves to be in this category? Well, I don't know. <laughs> but I'm not it's surprised tough. she's nominated. Yeah, it's tough. I think... I think when you think about Barbie, she has a big scene that you're going to think about that yeah, probably was in, yeah, which was probably in the mind of of the the nominee people are nominating the voters. Um, you know, I'm at the end of the day here in terms of like the actors and actresses and like who who was left off. Like I'm a bit surprised that um, we're not Margot Robbie wasn't nominated for the leading role. I, I know, like, I'm, I don't know who you take out again. I haven't seen everything yet, so I can give my opinion once I have, but I'm, and I'm not saying the five here are not all worthy of it. It's just for me with Barbie, Margot Robbie, like everything's centered around her. And I know she, a lot of people feel she just sort of like fits the role, but I still think that takes a really good performance to do those things. So at the end of the day, that's the one that kind of surprised me. I, I honestly did think she would be nominated in there. Um, I'm not saying America Fair also is like a bad choice. I'm just surprised um, because to me, America Fair is like the third or fourth thing I think about when I watch or think about the movie. Like I think about Greta Gerwig first and then, you know, 
Ryan Gosling and Margot Robbie, like those are the things. And then America Ferrera's performance would be in there. So I am a little bit surprised, but yeah, if the buzz is there, maybe people, what have you, I'm sure it's still well-deserved. Um, I still think it's divine Joy Randolph's like category to lose here. Like I feel like she's the front runner. So that, that mentioned that brings up the, the snub conversation. Um, people feel that Margot Robbie was snubbed, that she should have been nominated in Best Actress. Um, the Best Actress category, you probably have seen the meme that's been making its rounds, being like, the fact that Barbie didn't get Best Director, Movie, or Actress is literally the plot of Barbie. Um, <laughs> I will not weigh in on that, that meme, but um, people are quite upset. I, it's like you said, it's a tough year. It's a tough year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, controversially, I felt that um, Ryan, Barbie was really Ryan Gosling's movie. I, and I've been saying that since. I reviewed the movie way back in the summer. Is I, that I controversial said, though? Like I thought, I thought everybody uh, loved his performance. In it. <laughs> I think it's controversial because I'm saying like, yeah, the best part of the movie was a man and that goes against everything the movie stood for, but like tough, like <laughs> he, he was amazing. And that, that's a fault of the writing. Like I, I did not find Barbie's portion of the movie captivating. I wanted the whole movie to be about the Kens. And so that, to me, that is the exact reason why it was not nominated for Best Picture, Director, or Lead Actress. Like, and yeah. and people are, you know what I mean? So, like, am I, quote unquote, feeding into that narrative that, like, oh, like, this this goes against everything the movie stands for. But it's like, you didn't do a good job then. You know? Like, yeah, you know like, I, mean? I think. You know what I'm trying yeah. to say? Like, yeah, I, I do. I'm, and I. Yeah, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, you know how I feel. I don't, I don't care about narratives. I care about debating the merit. Yeah, yeah, like I don't care if it's the right thing for society to nominate something or not nominate something. That's not what this is supposed to be about. It's what's the best performance, which is hard because judging best art is tough. And that's what I think is fun about these debates is just I would prefer to sit here and say, okay, now that I, for example, now that I've seen Nyad and in Anatomy of a Fall, would I replace one of them with Margot Robbie? Because right now, I, I would say Lily Gladstone, no. Carrie Mulligan, no. And I mean, Emma Stone's amazing. I haven't seen poor things, but I would say from what I've heard, no. But again, I'll see the movies and make that judgment. That's the debate I would prefer yeah. to be having because I don't, like, you can say, okay, well, this is everything that the movie spoke for. Was that the intention? And I know no one likes talking about intention. Everyone hates it. When someone sat down and voted, if they looked at it and went, Margot Robbie, no, 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 can't vote her for Barbie. One, she's female. Two, this was a movie that is for children or is below my stature. Three, et cetera, et cetera. Like if you go, then yes. Then yeah. that's the conversation because that's why they did it. We don't know. We're not in the heads of everyone who votes. It's also a big pool of people. So I trust enough of humanity to think that some people are making the right decision here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, to me, it's not it's being into a narrative Cooper if problem. you're sitting here. Yeah. It's the Bradley Cooper problem. It's a year where you're up against really stellar movies and really stellar performances. And in my personal opinion, I thought Mar Margot Robbie was great. I, I'm a huge fan. She's one of my favorite actresses. But like you said, like when you think of the movie, my thought first goes to Ryan Gosling. Like, so yeah, I, yeah. And I think to me, Margot Robbie 
feels like a bit of a snub, but to me, the bigger snub does come out of the directing side because even what, what happened was, and we'll talk about directing and writing next for writing Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach were nominated for, for writing for Barbie. Like they got a nomination for writing, but not for directing. I would have nominated her for director over writing because I think the direction was stronger than the writing. Like that's to me, that's the snub. Whereas Margot Robbie's like, okay, maybe you can't replace her in here. So it's kind of a little less. And the writing thing, I would have been like, I would have taken writing out and and done more directing because I think the directing was stronger. I saw one argument being like, it was it it made a billion dollars this year. So what? Just because Irre- it made a billion dollars irrelevant. doesn't mean that it's the best movie. That's that's why they made the stupid category at the Golden Globes. <laughs> well, because it made a billion like, dollars you know what i mean like there isn't the billion dollar category at the oscars so just yeah. suck it up people people going to it and it doing well at the box office is more about success of marketing not necessarily success of movie now it can contribute if a movie's really good people have rewatchability they go back and they go back and they go back it was made into an event film so i understand why people kind of think that way but it's it's irrelevant it has nothing to do with anything I want to quickly also, give the director yeah, nominations here and then we can continue this conversation because we can talk Barbie about who's missing. <laughs> um, so uh, for the nominees for best director, Justine Tria for uh, uh, Anatomy of a Fall, Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Yargos Lanthimos for Poor Things, and Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest. So here's where I kind of say, okay, I think that Greta Gerwig should be nominated for this category. However, this is also one of those years where uh, other people think this. I don't 100% agree, but other people think these things. This is a year where Martin Scorsese, Christopher Nolan, and Yargo Lanthimos made their best films that they've ever made, according and to like, a lot huge, of people. huge, huge, huge directors. I don't know much about Anatomy of a Fall. I'm going to watch it. I don't know much uh, about Justine Tria. I don't know anything about her, but I'm going to watch the movie and make make it thing there i've heard nothing about good things about zone of interest i think the movie's french and zone of interest is international as well so german so i i'm i'm very interested to see these two movies and then compare it maybe this was a year where there were six or seven really great directors and only five can get nominated i just still there's to me this is where the snub is it's greta gerwig should be in this category i do find it interesting that they um with the Oscars being largely North American, like let's just face it, it is largely it's Western leaning. I do think it's interesting that they have two foreign films and Barbie didn't get nominated. You know what I mean? Like you couldn't have picked Barbie and kicked out one of the international films because there is an international film section. And I'm that's, sure that's that the, I'm yeah. sure Nani of the Fall and Zone of Interest are also nominated in Best Foreign Picture. I think they renamed it. I don't think it's called Best Foreign Picture anymore. Well, but I'll, I'll scroll down and find it. And we'll we'll international. check. I think it's Best International now. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think last they just, year they changed it. Yeah, they changed the name um, to International Feature International Feature Film. Um, so Zone of Interest is here. Anatomy yeah. of a Fall is not. I always think it's interesting. So it was nominated for Best Director, but not Best International Film. That's international Feature. That's yeah. an interesting... So Zone of Interest up. was nominated for yeah, that checks out for me. Um, and that I, that's been getting a lot of buzz, like a lot. So I don't, yeah, 
that's an interesting but again the that category always mixes me up historically i always say what even is this directing category but um what but one of the things that i think is interesting because best picture you bring this up you talk about this a lot where there's kind of five directing slots but best picture and best international like best international feature has five too but best picture i think you can nominate up to eight or ten or something yeah so it's it is tough like you i think there's nine this year we'll read through that one next best picture but it is tough if your movie is best picture you would think directing would have a big part of that but it is probably a sense of well there's only five director nominees so it's it's not an automatic that you're going to get that um but again like best picture barbie was nominated for best picture so so wait barbie was nominated for best picture oh yeah yeah i'll read i'll read them right now so yeah, then there goes like, is it really snubbed? I guess people. Feel I would that say Margot I would say no. Robbie I would say no. Margot Robbie, Greta Gerwig. That's what I've heard, but I don't think the movie was snubbed. Because here, here are the best picture nominations: American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, The Zone of Interest. So you know, it's it's always it's in interesting. Like past lives is nominated for best picture, but not best director. I it's maybe not. Yeah, that's the other. That's the other one I was surprised about. Actually, it's good that you bring that up because I I am surprised a bit that we were kind of talking about past lives recently, and we thought it was going to get a nomination. Um, why? That's why I reviewed it because there was a lot of being like, "This is the best sleeper hit of the year," or whatever you know, whatever they say. So I thought, well, I better get on this. Um. And so I'm not surprised that it's in the best picture category because that's what the gossip or the buzz was. Now it did um, get it did get original screenplay. For, that, so past again, lives not surprised. did get original screenplay, and uh, uh, the other ones in original screenplay are Anatomy of a Fall, Holdovers, Maestro, and May December with Past Lives. So they all May got December original will not screenplay. Win. If May December <laughs> wins, I will lose my mind. <laughs> and then the adapted screenplay, American Fiction, Barbie. Oppenheimer, Poor Things, The Zone of Interest. And I know Barbie, there was a lot of controversy. They wanted, people wanted it to be best original, original screen. But Which, I think, no, it's adaptation. It's it's original. It's not original IP. I don't know. It's tough. <laughs> That's, I, I don't know. I can kind of see. I, can, I understand because it's like a I new story. See. But yeah. like the character, it's literally, they use the character of Barbie and build a world around them. Yeah. So like, I, like, I think I think they have a chance to win that. It's just it wouldn't be my pick. Like I would be nominating, as I mentioned, I would be nominating Greta Gerwig. Now again, I don't want people to get me wrong. I, it's it's not my Noah Baumbach hatred that's coming out here. I'm biased. not that biased uh, <laughs> against against that strange strange individual. But I just think Greta Gerwig's directing was what was good about this movie. The way she built. The way she built, like to me, directing is about multiple things, but the key for a movie is you build the world. Check. Great job. Great job building and establishing the world. Making it coherent. Making it coherent and clear and concise. The acting across the board in Barbie was was well done. And that's great performances out of everyone. That's directing. So those are some of the key elements that I look for, and those were there. There were things in the writing that I think you could have changed. I think you didn't have to be so on the nose in certain areas. I think you could have cleaned up a couple things. I think most of the things I didn't like, honestly, was Noah Baumbach. So I I think that the direction-wise would have been what I wouldn't have nominated. 
and then the rest are technical awards are they not yeah and and there are a couple things i think worth always mentioning so one of the things is um as as you go through like music for example because original score and you've got original songs so just in terms of score um american fiction was nominated indiana jones and the dial of destiny which is like john williams kind of last thing was nominated killers of the flower moon oppenheimer um who uh ludwig uh ludwig what grosson grossonen he won for um the golden globe poor things like they were all nominated for original score kind of from more or less makes kind of sense there um and then the original song barbie got two of the the five nominations so i'm just ken and the the song by um uh, what i was made for by billy eilish was also nominated so you know barbie was kind of getting honored there for music um it was definitely, I believe, production design. Barbie was nominated. Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. So I think, again, that's well-deserved for Barbie and Oppenheimer. Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, we'll talk about. Um, yeah, So the, and then we get into, obviously, the shorts and sound and visual effects and all these other categories. But those are kind of the main ones I want to go over um, to set up for an interesting Oscar season. Like I think it's yeah. going to be an interesting year. Um, A little bit I'm of excited. everything. Yeah, and I think I think it's I think the debate to me around snubs I like. That's to me what makes this Juicy. exciting is that debate. But what I like to is frame the debate in the way I think it should be framed, which is we should be talking about the merit of performances and we should be talking about the quality. I don't think any of the people who were snubbed need to be helped by anything other than their performances. Greta Gerwig doesn't need to be helped by anything other than the fact that she's now moved into an area of being a fantastic director. This was her best film that she's done. I think she should be in the same category with these other great filmmakers who made their best films of the year of, of their careers, right? That's what people are saying. It's the best Christopher Nolan film. It's the best Martin Scorsese. Well, this is the best Greta Gerwig. So there you go. But like the only different, in that the only, just to add like a little bit of a caveat, she's so early in her career. So again, like yep, this is looking movie at, you're looking at like late stage careers. Well, the, Poor things. I can't pronounce his name. The Greek, the Greek man, Yogos. Y- Yargos Lanthimos. Yes, I would say he's mid career. He's not. Yeah. He, I wouldn't say yeah. he's early. But um, yeah. Martin Scorsese later. So that's just just to re just to say like it's a stacked year. You know what I mean? So Definitely. Like, I just don't think I'd have the same now at least the same visceral reaction I did if Spike Lee and Greta Gerwig were doing a director on director's conversation than when it was Spike Lee and Bradley Cooper. (laughs) Oh, Bradley. He was, speaking of snubs, who who was not snubbed, but uh, will feel devastated if he doesn't win. He, he, just to reintegrate, he, he did get best, best acting. Did he get best nominated? Best best actor, not director. He was nominated for best actor. He He was not nominated. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure he does. Um, and again, you know what's funny? I would have probably said, because of the different things he did, his directing performance was better than his acting performance. Like, that's the way I would look at it. Now, I, he might be sixth or seventh on my list, but I do think his concept was really interesting. And I liked the way he He didn't used... write it, though, right? He just... No, no, I don't think he wrote it. Maybe it he was... had a hand in writing it, though. He might have co-written it. It what it is nominated for a writing. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. It was him. Yeah, him and Josh Singer wrote it, and it was nominated for original screenplay. 
There you go. So Bradley, you can sleep at night. You did okay. He got two big nominations. Um, I don't know what his chances are of winning either, frankly, but two big nominations. Again, I just, in watching that movie, the direction was cool and interesting. Yeah, that's that's just what I think. Um, But anyway, that's our Oscars conversation for this week. We're really looking forward to our Oscars pool. We'll start getting things updated on the website and launch that in the next couple of weeks. We'll give everyone just under a month probably to do that. Uh, March 10th is just around the corner. So, Can you believe it? Time is flying. Normally January feels long, but this January kind of just flew on by. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's the end of January. (laughs) I think think that's what it is. Time marches Um, on. All right, Taylor. uh, Why don't you get into your review this week? Priscilla, the much talked about uh, non-Oscar nominated film. Yeah, or or are people talking about Priscilla? I don't know. <laughs> I certainly, don't know. certainly, Jacob Elordi or they people yeah. are talking about him a lot, and then her they, performance has been getting some good feedback. Yeah. So again, Kaylee, I want to say her last her name, last name is pronounced Spainy. Um, she has a couple credits, although she's been nominated quite a quite a bit in like breakout like awards that have kind of. Um, uh yeah london's film critic circle breakout performer of the year um she's been nominated for satellite awards um so anyways like she's uh, she's she was getting buzz around that and so i thought maybe she was going to get an oscar nom just because there has been buzz around it and that's why i decided to um review this movie did it not even get like best costuming for the oscars um well i i believe that it didn't get any nominations because also i i forgot to bring this up taylor saltburn didn't get any surprising uh, to me i thought saltburn would get writing i i would have thought maybe even direction emerald um fennel um so okay this is a sofia coppola movie and i'm full disclosure not a huge sofia coppola fan (laughs) and so i went into this movie thinking that i'm gonna give it an honest shake it looks so here's the thing about Sofia Coppola. Her movies look absolutely stunning. I will I will give her credit where credit's due. Her vision in terms of how movies look, the cinematography, um, production design, costuming, typically are br- breathtaking. Um, she does really good work around her um her soundtracks as well. I feel like <laughs> Her characters, it's like you spend the whole movie just like looking at beautiful people. And um <laughs> and like so and then you're like, so what? You know what I mean? Do you know what I where I'm what I'm getting at, Mike? Like when you're it's like you never really see the inner workings of the characters. You're just right. kind of like looking at beautiful people, kind of like sitting around i will very surface surface movie (laughs) almost like vapid so like i hated marie antoinette and that was it what i felt about marie antoinette was exactly priscilla you're looking at beautiful rich people who are in emotional turmoil but they're just kind of loafing about and you're like that's kind of how i felt about that spencer movie and no (laughs) everyone hated me for my comments but that's sort of how i felt about that movie about princess diana i was like okay you're like, all right. So the the movie for anyone who can't get who haven't seen who hasn't seen any of the 
stuff around it. Um, it's based on the memoir of Priscilla Presley called Elvis and Me. She was married to Elvis. Um, and the movie is an adaptation of that memoir or that autobiography, whatever you want to call it. And so it is it follows their relationship from Priscilla's point of view. They meet when she's 14. I think Elvis is in his 20s when they meet. And it essentially is about their um, tumultuous romance uh, relationship until she, spoiler alert, decides to leave him. That's in public domain. If you didn't know Priscilla Presley left Elvis, sorry. That's just history. <laughs> that's just history. That. <laughs> just yeah. So that's like, that's the, the movie. And so in the movie and this, you know, according to Priscilla Presley, like I, I'm not going to dispute her, her account of her of her relationship with her ex-husband but he's he's very um emotionally and i would almost say like psychologically abusive towards her like through the mm. course of their relationship and not that like i want to put this delicately cuz like it is it's dealing it it deals with issues of abuse right but elvis is portrayed as like pretty awful the whole movie like kind of from like start to finish you're like yeah this guy is like not great and so you're like what does she love about him aside from him being Elvis you know what I mean like that's where I was like I really felt like I wasn't getting like for a movie that takes the point of view of Priscilla I'm like I really don't know what her motivations are you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. I don't know why aside from like so some things I've been reading about it is like this movie is a meditation of first love or like an ode to girlhood, and I'm like, mm, I, <laughs> I'm like, I guess. but you don't think it? You don't think it's either of those things? <laughs> well, because like I'm like, okay, I'm just watching her like sitting in class, not doing homework, okay, and then like I see her sitting in her bedroom, like listening to an Elvis record, okay. Like, Sofia Coppola, like, I feel like her direction style is really, like, the show don't tell. But at a certain mm. point, like, you gotta tell. You gotta say something. You gotta give us some some sort of context. So, like, a lot of, over and over again, Priscilla's, like, pretty much, like, this isn't a verbatim quote, but it's pretty much, like, you don't understand. I love him. He needs me. And, like, that's, like, pretty much all her lines. And then Elvis just being like horrible towards her. And so, then like, you as an audience member, are you also like, yeah, actually, I don't understand that because you're not making it clear. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like, aside from him being like the biggest star in the world, like, I don't understand Priscilla. He's treating you like, and like, I, again, like, I want to be sensitive because like, I'm not victim blaming. I don't know what the dynamic was between Priscilla and Elvis because there there was a little controversy around the film because um Lisa Marie Priscilla's daughter prior to her sudden death I what's the word disavowed like completely separated herself from the project and said this was really? not this is not an accurate portrayal of my father I do not support this movie but I as a child of divorce what a child remembers of a relationship is different from what the parents experience so like yeah it's we're talking this is it's really hard to talk about this movie because like it's real people and the things that are being portrayed like if like elvis is horrible in this movie 
and again, I'm not victim blaming, blaming Priscilla. I'm not saying like, um, she's so dumb. She should have broken up with him. But at the same time, like on the flip side of things, it like, it doesn't show. Right. The other side of Elvis, if that makes sense. Like the, yeah, the no, side of I, Elvis I, I, that. I'm yeah. on your side about that. I think a movie's got to earn feelings of sympathy towards someone. You can't just tell me or say, oh, well, we know the history of, of Priscilla Presley, so you're automatically going to feel for her. No, no, no. You have to earn that. You have to show and and tell and create something, a story for us to latch on to. No, I get exactly what you're saying. So, yeah, it's just like, you're just like, Priscilla, I don't. Yeah, like, it's just you love him. Okay, fair enough. But like you don't just fall in love with the monster. You know what I mean? Like if he's a monster, you all the time. Anyways, I, again, I do. I want to be very sensitive um, to the lived realities of abuse victims. And I'm not trying to victim blame Priscilla Presley just in this movie. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a movie. Everyone it, remember. Yeah. This is a, a review of a movie. <laughs> yeah. Apparently and, not a great one. <laughs> yeah. Like I just, I, and my, critique is the critique i have of other sophie of sophia coppola movies where it's you're literally just looking at people and it's like very like what they're experiencing is it's like all self-contained which like is real life but like makes for poor movie watching (laughs) you know what i mean it does no i Um, know exactly and i'm i'm a fan of the version suicides but probably because i've read the book so, like, I'm able to project onto that movie uh, what I've read in the book. And, again, that movie is very much, like, an ode to girlhood. Um, so, like, obviously, these are themes that Sofia Coppola is interested in and returning to. Um, yeah, I just don't think she has – it's interesting. She has, um, like, vi- visual direction, but I don't know – I don't think she knows how to direct actors. And I will say, because we're running out of time, Jacob um, L. Rohde, or however you say his last name, horrible Elvis. His accent was completely inconsistent. Um, They're also the same age. So even though, you know, they tried to use makeup and stuff to make them look younger and older at certain parts, I don't know. Like, I think it was a complete miscast. Obviously, he's a good actor. But again... Sofia Coppola doesn't really know how to direct actors in my in my opinion. So like not a super great performance by him. I think Kaylee Spaney did really well with like this the material she had. Um especially cuz like with Sofia Coppola you have to do like a lot of face acting and not deliver yeah. your lines. So I think yeah. she did fine. Again, mu- movie was absolutely gorgeous to watch, but to me it was a skip it. It was a skip it. Ooh, a skip it. There you go. Priscilla is a skip Great it. Watch Elvis. <laughs> that came out last um, year <laughs> um thank you everybody for, for listening this week just gonna give uh, another quick shout out here to reel out february 1st to the 10th go to reelout.com there are a lot of different events coming uh this year to the festival as to celebrate their 25th anniversary so many films 85 films from 35 different countries will be coming to kingston february 1st to the 10th so check it out at the screening room Go see some movies.